You're listening to the Salty Catholic Podcast. I am your host, N.S. Kesto. I'm salty because Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth. But I'm also salty because I'm watching the culture move away from authentic, biblical Christian values, and it's dragging many Christians along with it. I'm salty because I'm seeing Catholics become lukewarm in their faith and not standing up to the secular world. So, I'm here to sprinkle in a little bit of flavor. All right, let's begin. As you know by now, I speak unapologetically. I don't regret anything I say, because why should I? I'm merely preaching the gospel, and I'm citing church teachings in a Bible. No Catholic should apologize for speaking the truth. The truth is not ours. The truth belongs to God. But what happens when some Catholics don't like the truth? Well, they'll do one of three things. They'll try to liberalize the gospel and try really, really hard to quote-unquote reform Catholicism. Or they leave Catholicism and join some Protestant church that suits whatever theology they can stomach. Or they just simply leave Christianity altogether and become one of those unbearable atheists. You know, the ones who pretend to be enlightened because they're supposedly now free thinkers. And we've all heard the term cafeteria Catholic or cafeteria Christian, which means someone who treats Christianity as if it's an open buffet where they get to pick and choose what goes on their plate of belief. Ooh, going to heaven, yes, I'll take that. God's love and mercy, yes, for sure. Mmm, give me double scoop of that, don't judge me. What's this? Sacrament of confession? Ew, no thanks. God created men and women, ugh, get that away from me. That's such a casual approach to the faith. Those people want God to fit in their lifestyle rather than trying to fit themselves into God's plan of salvation. And what's funny, you'll have an atheist like Penn Jillette from Penn and Teller, you know, those two famous magicians. Um, he's actually a hardcore atheist, and he said this one time, If you believe it's your God and your God is infallible, you can't throw away some of the rules just because you don't like them. And this wasn't mocking Christianity, it was the opposite. He actually has a ton of respects for Christians even though he doesn't agree with them. But his point is that if you want to call yourself a Christian and a believer in God, this powerful, infallible God, then you have to follow every one of his commands. You can't just pick which ones you want to follow because you like them and not follow the rest because you don't like them. But that's what we see, cafeteria Catholics, who may be committed to their faith, but they simply choose to interpret some of the tenets of the faith through their own lens. They'll focus on parts of the Bible that support their interpretation while completely ignoring the ones who conflict with their lifestyle. And then you have what's called red-letter Catholics, which um, takes the name from... Have, have you seen those Bibles where the letters are written in red font every time Jesus speaks? So this group of people, mostly made up of progressive Catholics who make everything into some political issue, pretty much just read what's in the red and ignore everything else. They believe that what Jesus said, the red letters, are the predominant words of God, and everything else is just secondary, it's supplementary. They focus on the words and actions of Jesus only, and don't seem to think the Old Testament or letters of St. Paul and St. Peter are that important. Obviously, you see the issue here. They use their reading of scripture to push generally a progressive political agenda that emphasizes things like social justice. They make Jesus into a social justice warrior. So for example, they'll push the idea that we should feed the hungry, which is a great message that every Catholic can and should get on board with. However, in the same breath, they'll advocate for abortion or homosexuality because Jesus never spoke about those things. Forget that the Bible mentions these things in a ton of other verses. What's important is that Jesus never said anything about these issues, at least not in an explicit way, not in the red letters. But even those fools often don't read the red letters into its completion. Even when it's written in red for them, they'll still skip some of them. <laughs> 
For example, they'll get all high and mighty when they come across someone who they perceive as being judgmental about somebody committing sin. And they'll proudly shout their favorite verse from John chapter 8, where the woman was caught in adultery. And, you know, with pure smugness, they'll just take a deep breath and shout, Let he without sin cast the first stone. You know, as if to say, hey, you're a sinner. Don't tell that person not to sin, because you're a sinner too. But then they skip the part, three verses later, where Jesus calls this woman into repentance and tells her, Go and sin no more. I swear, sometimes it seems like they highlight their Bibles with a sharpie. But what I really want to focus on is this trend that's been happening lately, probably in the past 10 years or so, mainly because of social media. The internet is a beautiful thing, but the internet ruins many things. What's happening is something called fast food Christianity, and it's starting to take off. And there's two sides to this that play off of each other to make this happen. There's the faithful, you know, the lay people who go to church, and then there are the pastors of the church, which in my personal opinion, uh, just based on what I've noticed, mostly comes from Protestant churches. But if I'm being honest, some Catholic pastors throughout the country are also leaning into this. What I mean by fast food Christianity is that Christians will treat their faith as something that they can just conveniently grab really quick and consume on their way to whatever they're doing in life. They want something fast and easy that gets straight to the point so they can get on their merry way and never have to think about it until the next time they feel hungry for the faith. They have no patience to sit around and wait for God to work in their life. They have no time to study scriptures. They just want a number four with extra large graces and they want it now. Oh, you're sad? Here's a four-minute YouTube clip on happiness by a very cheesy Christian pastor that'll uplift you for probably about an hour or so. But then when you tell them, hey, you need to listen to this one-hour lecture on the Eucharist, it's amazing, it's going to open your eyes, it's going to make your love for the Eucharist even bigger. Psh, I don't have that kind of time. I'm a very busy person. I have a lot going on. I can't possibly sit there for an hour. Do you have something that's like four or five minutes I can listen to while I'm in line for Starbucks? Now, I'm not knocking these short clips. Majority of them are great. I love them, and they often get me in the mood to dig even deeper in a specific topic. In fact, this entire episode is based on a short clip that I saw on social media a few weeks ago by a YouTuber named That One Catholic Girl. She's this awesome, enthusiastic, young Catholic woman who makes short videos about the faith. I encourage you to check out her work. But in one of her videos, she talked about how sometimes we listen to a short clip, and that's all the information we're willing to take in about our faith. We don't go and research more. We don't go pray about it. We don't go meditate on it. We hardly even venture outside of those, you know, these little sound bites. And I know it seems ironic coming from her because she makes a lot of short videos, but she makes a great point. As thick as the Bible is, the end of the Gospel of John in chapter 21 it says, There are also many things that Jesus did and said, but if these were to be described individually, I do not think the whole world would contain the books that would be written. So we should not expect to understand the infinite wisdom of God based on some short sound bites. Again, they're great but we can't make them our only source of consuming the Word of God. Just as we shouldn't predominantly eat fast food because it's unhealthy, we shouldn't look at the quickest answer or the quickest thing that can make me feel good right at this moment. This will eventually make us spiritually lazy. It will condition us to fit God in the short, limited time slots that we have throughout our busy day. And that sometimes can be very hard to grow out of. We're in a culture where we're very, very spoiled because we're used to getting things fast. We want answers right away. We want results right away. We want our food right away. We have no time or patience to wait for anything. And we're so used to this fast-paced life that when things don't happen when we want it and how we want it, we get frustrated and we start throwing a fit. Whether it's spiritual growth or in our ministry, it's easy to get frustrated when we don't see quick results. And we end up quitting and blaming God for it. Now let's talk about the faith leaders when it comes to this fast food Christianity. 
As I said earlier, I see this mostly from Protestant churches, but I've noticed Catholic priests leaning into this as well. They take a, a business-driven approach to the message of the gospel in their churches. And I don't mean that from like a financial sense where they're trying to make as much money as possible. I'm talking about how can we fill the empty pews mentality. It's great when the pews are filled. It means the message is being heard by more people. And it means that more people are hungry for Christ. But if it happens at the expense of a watered-down, compromised, secularized version of the gospel, then it becomes a huge problem. It becomes a consumer model, where the faithful become the consumers to those preachers who want to sell the gospel message at all costs. Oh, the service is too long? No problem. Let's shorten it. Let's not upset the customers, I mean the faithful, so that they can keep coming back. Mass is too boring? Let's add a guitar and some drums. Let's put up some pictures on these giant TVs to make you feel like you're in a concert. The preaching is too confrontational? Does it seem judgmental, not inclusive, or offensive, or scary? Is it a bit too hard to understand? Don't you worry. Here at the Church of the People, we will adjust that message in a way to make you feel more comfortable. The customer is always right. Please join us every Sunday. It's pathetic. These people believe that the only way the church can become more relevant in modern society is to, well, reflect modern society. Oh, it's more acceptable to be gay or lesbian in the world? Sure, we'll put up this rainbow flag larger than the cross that we have inside of our church. It doesn't matter that it goes against what we've taught 15 minutes ago. The customer is always right. Inviting people to experience the love, the warmth, the fire that burns in our heart that makes us want to love Jesus with every fiber of our being and just surrender our life to Him, our problems, our struggles, our pain, our suffering, our, our everything to Him. That's all being replaced by how many pews can we fill this Sunday morning? Quantities become more important than quality. You know, McDonald's sells cheap burgers because their quality is garbage, but all that matters is they sell a ton of them. Some of these preachers are doing the same thing with the gospel. They sell a really cheap, garbage version of the gospel, but as long as the numbers in these pews is high, that's all that matters. This is why you see the divorce rate in Protestant churches at 51%, just in line with the national average, and this is according to Pew Research. In my opinion, and this is my opinion, it's because most Protestant churches are unwilling to make this hard stance against divorce in fear of losing their people. Because the customer is always right. And since the customer is always right, these churches water down the message of the gospel so they don't scare people off into going to another church. They'll ignore parts of the Bible regarding morality that are inconvenient to the congregation's political affiliation, whether conservative or liberal. And they completely ignore what Jesus said in Matthew 16. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one exchange for his life? So stop being cheap with your faith. Stop going after quick, short-term spiritual pleasure that have no good substance to them. Be patient with your spiritual life. Continue to feed your soul with the Word of God. Not just when you think you need it, but as much as you possibly can. And especially pray for those churches who water down the gospel just to appease you know, to the masses because they're leading people astray. Pray for your local priests. Pray for all priests in the world so that they don't get tempted to put their pride ahead of the gospel so that the Holy Spirit fills them with the courage to speak the truth even if it offends a few people in the pews. And just as it's written in the Gospel of John in chapter 3, and this is the verdict, that the light came into the world, but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come towards the light so that his works may not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. And that brings me to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please make sure you share this episode and this podcast with your family and friends. And leave a review if you can. I love to hear some feedback because it helps me improve the show. Because, you know, the customer is always right. 
But don't forget to check out our other shows. We have The Catholic Avengers by Jeff and Pilar. We have The Right to be Catholic by Sean A.R. And we also have The Invitation to the Sisterhood by Vanessa, Patrice, and Adora. And please, pray for all of us. We desperately need your prayers to continue to share our faith, especially Jeff. He really needs it. Anyway, I love you all. God bless you all. And be salty. <laughs> <laughs>